we're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. You're listening to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Siegel, registered dietitian, founder of Nutritional Freedom, and total stationary nerd who's sharing episodes each week to help you ditch diets and get healthy for good. We'll dive into what really works when it comes to creating sustainable nutrition and health habits, ways to improve your body image, and how all of this helps you live a life that's in alignment with your values. Because that's what really matters, right? Let's dive in. Today's episode is brought to you by our free mini course, The Three Keys to Never Diet Again. Tell me this, have you ever finished up a podcast episode thinking, heck yes, I just learned so much, that makes so much sense, it's all clicking, I'm going to do all the things I just learned. And then you turn your car off, walk into the grocery store and forget that the podcast episode ever even happened? Yeah, same. (laughs) Here's the thing. I really don't want you to do that with what you're learning here on the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. This information is so incredibly important and can literally change your life. So I created a free mini course, three video lessons and a workbook to help you turn inspiration into action. You can get started today with the three keys to never diet again through the link in the show notes below. Hello, welcome back to the Nutritional Freedom Podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Today's episode is all about a topic that I think will resonate with you based on past conversations I've had on social media uh, with our clients. This is kind of a big deal. But anyway, how are you? How are you feeling? I have been having a pretty good week actually. Last weekend, John and I went to go visit my brother and my sister-in-law in in Dallas. They just had a baby a little less than two months ago. So we got to meet my nephew, our, our first nephew. John and I are now officially aunt and uncle, which is so exciting. He is so sweet and so cute, the baby. And I also left that weekend with just all, I just felt truly in awe of parents (laughs) (laughs) especially parents right now under these interesting circumstances of, of 2020, such that John and I were both like, wow, we really need to take advantage of our child-free time. (laughs) So um, John actually just found out that he'll be working remote 
pretty much indefinitely. I obviously work remote as well. So we're contemplating taking a trip somewhere, uh, a long trip, maybe spending about a month outside of, of Austin. Although as I say this, I'm realizing like, man, missing a month of fall in Austin, that's like the best time to be in Austin. It's so beautiful here and the weather's so great. And you finally get a break from like the unrelenting heat of summer. But anyway, I asked you on Instagram where you thought we should go in the US that's not going to be too cold and isn't, as I clumsily put it, um, too much nature. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know, I'm kind of an indoorsy girl, uh, more of a city girl. Although I do love a good like you know hike, for for example, and I love going on walks. But I'm definitely more of like a city girl. So I would love to be able to go somewhere where I can walk out the door and go to a coffee shop, you know, safely and um, efficiently, I suppose. So those are some of our our requirements. That's that's like really it. Um, not, not much else than that. Um, but definitely gotten some good recommendations from y'all and we're going to start maybe looking at some Airbnbs and, and we'll see, I hope we actually do it. I don't know that it's, you know, I get, I'm super routine oriented and so I don't want to get cold feet, but we'll, we'll see. Anyway, welcome back. Episode 26, last supper syndrome. Let's talk about it. Okay. Because even if you haven't heard this term before, I am willing to bet that you've experienced it, okay? So Last Supper Syndrome is often a either conscious or subconscious reaction to impending restriction, okay? I'm going to say that one more time. Last Supper Syndrome is often a subconscious or conscious reaction to impending restriction, So I see this happening all the time. People about to start the whole 30, they get this urge to spend, you know, the day or the weekend before their whole 30 eating all the pasta, all the bread, and all the cookies. It may even be something that they intentionally seek out, knowing that those are foods that they're likely to miss. It could also be more subtle than that, okay? So maybe you've been good. I'm doing air quotes over here. Maybe you've been good all week. You meal prepped your lunches ahead of time. You didn't have any wine or dessert all week. And you even did four at-home workouts on the Peloton app. And then you and some girlfriends decide to go out for dinner on Friday night. Weather's good. You're going to sit on the patio. And you you haven't been out to eat for a real meal in like forever because it's strange times, right? And all of a sudden, you've had apps, you've had a full meal, and you've had dessert. So as you're driving home, you're already starting to think about how you totally blew all of your effort from the week. You're starting to plan this big reset coming on Monday. So then when you get home, you maybe you open the fridge to get some water and you see some leftover pizza that your partner ordered in. Though you're not hungry, you know that come Monday, pizza is going to be 100% off limits a total no-go. So you have a slice. Cold, standing up in front of the open refrigerator door. And then you spend the rest of the weekend continuing to overeat. You feel uncomfortably full, and then you wash yourself in guilt until Monday rolls around when you do that hard reset. So this too could be considered a prolonged instance of Last Supper Syndrome. This happens so often to so many people that it's often joked about and deemed as acceptable and even normal. 
Maybe if you've ever gone on a Whole30, let's say, with a group of friends or family members or your partner, you actually go out for that last supper meal very intentionally. But I want you to know that just because something is normal or common doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean that it's serving you. Okay? I want to challenge you to think about it this way. And just get ready because this this may blow your mind. (laughs) If just thinking about being on a diet causes you to go out and stuff your face with all the things you're going to miss while on that diet, how do you think you're going to react when you're actually doing it? I hear stories like this all the time in our clients who have experience with the Whole30. They do the whole like, you know, last supper thing, pre-Whole30, they go through the Whole30, and then they try and intend to do the, the reintroduction, and then they end up elbow deep in pizza, ice cream, and wine on day 33. And then, of course, they blame themselves and they feel a ton of shame around it. I'm just going to say it again. If just thinking about being on a diet causes you to binge, what do you think actually being on that diet is going to cause you to do? This is such common sense, but frankly, it's not what society and it's definitely not what diet culture, (laughs) they don't want us to use common sense, right? And I just want to be really, really clear here. I am not trying to shame you for engaging in this very common pattern. I have many, many, many last suppers under my belt. Y'all, I dieted for over 10 years. I don't know how many suppers. (laughs) I definitely had more than one last supper. I've had many last suppers. So I'm not trying to shame you at all. I say all of this with so much love, but I am trying to help you liberate yourself from it. Okay? There's so much... Gosh, just the drama, you know, inherent in Last Supper Syndrome, the the unnecessary drama inherent in it, because there is the, the physical drama of it, you know, that, you know, swinging from really hungry to really full back to really hungry again, right? That is a, you know, a physical stress on the body. And then there's the emotional stress that comes along with it right? Maybe some of the the excitement you feel as you go into the Last Supper and then the the guilt, the shame, the regret that comes afterwards. It's just unnecessary drama, okay? You already know if you listen to this podcast, I, I don't encourage emotional avoidance, but I also don't encourage unnecessary emotional drama, unnecessary emotional pain. We have enough drama and pain in our lives that is necessary, you know, that that is productive and supportive and helpful and powerful and transformative and and in a beautiful part of life. But you don't need to submit yourself to the unnecessary drama, especially the unnecessary drama of last supper syndrome. Okay? So how do you avoid it? Well, you stop restricting, you stop dieting, you stop falling off and getting back on the wagon because you decide to burn the freaking wagon down. If it sounds simple, that's because it is. Really simple idea, right? But simple doesn't mean easy. Rubik's cubes. (laughs) Simple concept. It's a little cube made up of some other little cubes, right? But I've never been able to figure out how to do one. (laughs) Rubik's cubes are not easy for me. I was actually watching a YouTube video the other day, someone who 
was using a, a Rubik's cube as kind of a an anti anxiety thing, you know, just something to put your focus on and and to um, take some some pressure off like ruminating thoughts to help detach from ruminating thoughts. And I thought that was really excellent. And then I remembered how frustrated I used to get like back in high school trying to figure out how to do a Rubik's cube. So I'm not sure that <laughs> I'm not sure that would work for me. But regardless, they're not easy. Simple concept, difficult to execute. At least for me. You may be like a Rubik's Cube whiz. I don't know. You could be like a world record holder for Rubik's Cube solving. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. Although if you are, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'd be curious to hear from you. So this idea of not dieting, it's very simple. Like one sentence, don't diet. (laughs) It is simple, but geez, let, let our clients tell you it is simple, but it is not easy. It is not soft. It's challenging. It is really, really difficult. So why is it so hard to heal from diets? I mean, we could we could do a whole entire episode on this. Perhaps we will. But let's talk about it a little bit here. It's not always simple to identify what's a diet and what's not. Okay, so calling back to my earlier example, right? We talked about that quote unquote good week, the week in which you are meal prepping and not drinking wine. That could be a diet and it also could not be. I'll I'll be honest with you, most weeks I meal prep and I don't drink a sip of wine, but I haven't dieted in years. So what's the difference here? It has so much to do with the thoughts and motivations that underlie those behaviors, okay? So I don't white knuckle my way through these choices. They're not motivated by my desire to change my body in order to accept myself. They're fueled by how I want to feel both physically and mentally And they're also fueled by my core values. I also know, kind of more symptomatically, I suppose, I know I'm not dieting because I never experienced that pendulum swing. So that leap from all on to all off. I don't experience that that drama that I talked about, whether it's the physical drama of going from extremely hungry to extremely full. I don't experience that 98 plus percent of the time. I also don't experience any emotional drama related to food anymore, I should say, (laughs) because I, I had my fair share and chances are you've also had your fair share. All right. So I encourage you to keep in mind, just as you listen to, to this episode, but the podcast in general, really, that I use the word diet pretty broadly here. Okay. I don't just mean like the branded diets like Weight Watchers or Whole30. I also mean that healthy lifestyle change that's also totally unsustainable. Okay. So it's hard to heal from diets because it's difficult to identify what is a diet and what is not. You may not even consciously be dieting, but the reactive behaviors that ensue could be a sign that you, you actually are dieting on a subconscious level. Okay. It's also hard to to heal from diets because dieting is the cultural norm. Did you know that 65% of women report disordered eating behaviors? 65%. And let me be very clear that many of the behaviors mandated by diets are actually disordered. But because dieting is so pervasive, we don't even realize it. Let me just reiterate what I said earlier. Just because something is normal doesn't mean it's healthy, doesn't mean it's right, and it doesn't mean that it's serving you. So I want you to think about it. How many of your girlfriends are concerned about their weight and the foods that they eat? How about your your family members, specifically your female family members? 
It is hard to heal from diets because it is tough to go against the grain, even when you know that the grain isn't serving you well. We can get into, I mean, the people pleasing, that's part of this, the perfectionism, that's part of this. I mean, this is deeply rooted stuff. It is stuff that a calorie counter, red light, yellow light, green light foods, tracking cannot fix, cannot heal. Okay. You may experience some short-term symptom relief from those tools and hacks and quick tricks, but that's not doing the deep work. Okay. Another reason why healing from diets is so hard is because fear gets in the way, like a lot. (laughs) And, and listen, change in general brings up a lot of fear. You may think better the devil I know than the devil I don't. Very, very common thought. It's what keeps us stuck in jobs that we don't like. It's what keeps us in relationships that aren't, you know, really fulfilling us in friendships that are no longer serving us. But the thing is, not dieting isn't a devil. It's not only freeing, but it's actually better for you and for your health. It certainly can be, I should say. But as you go through the journey, a lot of fear is going to come up. You're likely to feel confused about what you're supposed to eat. You may worry as you start to liberate some of those forbidden foods. You're going to have fear around what will happen to your weight. You'll be worried about how to act around your friends who are still dieting. It's a lot of fear that comes up. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that it's wrong, and it doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. So like I said, not dieting is actually really hard. <laughs> but this is the analogy I like to use. Doing the work of dieting, so counting your points, measuring your food, denying your hunger cues, having you know a, a date in almond butter when what you really want is a brownie, doing that sort of work, doing the diet work is like paying rent. Doing the work to ditch diets and pursue your health sustainably is like paying off your home mortgage. You're actually investing and earning equity as you go. Dieting is hard. It never gets easier. And there's no upside. We see it in the research. 95% of diets fail. The majority of dieters will regain more weight than they lost in the first place. And we don't see any maintenance of health benefits. Dieting is hard. It never gets easier. And there's no upside. Not dieting, healing from dieting is also hard. But it gets easier. And there is a lot to be gained. So much to be gained. In our work with our Nutritional Freedom clients, we try and make it as easy as possible. By, by guiding them through the journey from dabbling in diets, right? The one toe in the water, but you know, I'm, I'm interested in intuitive eating. I'm interested in, in removing the restriction and, and the food rules, but I still am also a little bit tempted to download my fitness pal or to check out Noom or to go on a whole 30 this month. <laughs> no shade. We've all been there. So, so we help guide you through the journey from dabbling in diets all the way to cultivating confidence. This does not have to be a solo mission. Listen, I did it the hard way and it really took years and years for me to 
truly free myself from diets and truly experience the self-acceptance that came as a result. And I was doing it on my own. And I'm a registered dietitian, okay? You do not have to do this by yourself. And if it is within you, I would implore you not to do this as a solo journey. So we're going to be bringing in new clients pretty soon here. So be sure to grab a spot on our wait list, which I have linked down below in the show notes. I want you to be the first one to know when we're accepting new clients again. So you can really take everything that you're learning on the podcast and experience it (laughs) in your real life, right? Go from, from listening and taking in information to taking action. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that this idea of if just thinking about being on the diet causes you to binge, what do you think will happen when you're actually on it? I want you to really, really take that in. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.